0: This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Uh, yeah, no, we're very excited this week, though. We've got uh, young, a young man uh, producer uh with a, a long and storied uh, history, Mike Fennell is joining us and i normally we don't talk about uh the work people have done, Mike, but you've got two films on your resume uh that I'm uh, particularly interested in um just any anything you've got on uh first of all um avalanche oh great <laughs> go right to go right to the bottom, yeah. Um, I don't know about it. I've I've never actually seen Avalanche. I recently saw a trailer. Wow, you're
1: you're missing something. And somehow I did not
0: realize that Corman had produced, he had done an all-star disaster movie.
1: Well, yeah, he was, you know, that was, you know, the era of, you know, airport airport and and earthquake and all those movies. So he decided he was going to step up and spend more money uh, for him. (laughs) Not for anybody else, but for him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) $200,000? Um, no, I think you know. I think it was over. A no, it was. A it, was a, it was a. It was a. It was a, a yeah. fairly expensive picture for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was. I had uh, been doing little sort of you know reshoots and things for him. I mean, as a as a kind of a production guy, um, uh, you know, when when he would add footage to something you know, or add more car stunts or right. or whatever, I would I would do that in these like little four day shoots that either Alan Arkish would direct or somebody else and and uh, he realized he, he at one point he he said you know mike he said when i when i come into the office in the morning uh, you're you're already here and when i leave you're still here so maybe i should you know <laughs> you should step up into a, a bigger role so i oh thank you roger so he made me associate producer on this on this this big this big movie and uh, it was rock hudson and mia farrow yeah uh,
2: and he took them and he took them out to lunch for a, a big boy.
1: <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> not, not, not exactly. No, but what, what happened was um, me and Paul Rapp, who is the executive producer, who was this guy that had gone way back with Roger. He had, he had worked in production for a lot of Roger movies. And uh, <clears throat> so we had to go see, you know, once rock was set we said, well, you know, we said, well, we've got to go meet rock, you know, and, and you know pay homage and you know know, it's how thrilled we are and everything so we go up to I think they they actually called it the castle you know this big huge mansion on the top of the Hollywood Hills and so we drive up the driveway and we get out and and it's it's around sunset it's around you know five o'clock or so and the door opens and he's standing in the doorway backlit yeah and he's like I mean, I've never seen a larger human being in my life. His head was like the size of my desk. And so we go in and he's very nice and everything. And and um he says, Do you guys want a drink? And I, I said, I said, Well, I'll have a beer. He said, Oh God, we don't have any beer. I said, Well, I'll have my usual at that time was Jack Daniels. So the 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 houseboy, the <laughs> the Japanese house boy, or whatever he was, yes. goes and gets gets a it must have been it was like a huge water tumbler full of <laughs> and as we sat there and thought i got so smashed and i'm i'm really happy that paul was with me that could get me out of there safely but um but it was fun it was it was it was fun i mean it was ridiculous it was a terrible movie but it was fun actually the most fun was the second unit stuff that we did with lewis teague directing. Mm um where we did all the all the you know the avalanche stuff right. of you know walls collapsing and everything and and, and and styrofoam snow snow
0: that yeah i had just <laughs> yeah. heard about it. and apparently the snow is styrofoam and, and possibly toxic is that Oh anything? probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so so you may but, have killed rock hudson
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i hope hopefully not. i don't think so um but uh, anyway so yeah, so that was avalanche that so out of his first. out of his
2: voluminous resume you have chosen this one particular resume, <laughs> yeah when right. in fact he has been well there's one well i was gonna say there's one other there's
0: words. one other i wanted to ask him about okay thank you i've right. done this before mr dante um the uh you, you worked with uh, you worked with the guy i know uh on a movie i really love um that you, you worked on that there matinee did you ever actually spend time yes. with joe dante did you ever like <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I occasionally would fly down to Florida. Yeah, you know, to be on the set occasionally, but not very often. No, I was there all the time.
0: <laughs> I can't. I, I mean, if you don't know, Mike. Mike is through how many? How many movies did you guys do together? I, I, sure. Uh, you know, I, I should have seven or eight know, at
1: least. Seven. Oh, yeah, I think even more than that. I, think. I mean, yeah, I I knew yeah.
2: Mike from the time I was doing my first picture, and he was the only PA who would go into the swamp and get the one wooden hand grenade that we.
1: Had. Well, I was the <laughs> I was the exalted. <laughs> I had the exalted role of assistant prop man. Not even the prop man, the assistant prop man. And uh, and as actress, Tara Strohmeyer, I even remember the actress, she, um, the scene where she throws a hand grenade, right? And of course it was a Roger movie, so we only had one hand grenade <laughs> we did, you know, for, for another second take. So of course I dutifully go in to, into the swamp to try to find this hand grenade, this, act, this, this flaky actress just flew. And Jonathan Kaplan, uh, the director, who was yeah. an actor in the movie, and he's standing at the show and he goes, what are you doing? And I say, well, I, I got to get the hand grenade for the second take. And he goes, get a rock. Nobody will ever know. Get a rock. <laughs> so that was the first time I officially worked with Joe, which, which was at, at uh, Hollywood Boulevard. It's the assistant brought.
0: Right. And, and then on to, to many others. I mean, it's a, it's a string of great films uh, you guys did. Um, the, well, he uh, did a number of
2: pictures without me too, though it turned out pretty well. Yeah,
1: funny. I did. Uh, I did uh, "Deceived" with Goldie Hawn and um, and Newsies. Of the, course, original which, Newsies yes. the, the original without, Newsies, the one without
2: without which we wouldn't have the musical.
1: Well, yes. it was obviously ahead of its time because when when they finally what the reason they made the musical is because it was such a hit on video. Right. I mean, you would go to Amazon and there was like a thousand you know, comments, mostly from teenage girls, you know, about how great it was. And so they said, hmm, maybe there's something we can do with this moribund, you know, flop project that we have. And they tested it out as a, as a stage play musical in, um, I think the Paper Mill Theater was called in New Jersey. And it was like, you know, sold out all the time. So they brought it to Broadway and it was there for years and it made millions of dollars not one penny of which I got because it wasn't in my contract that I get the ancillary stuff. So there you go.
0: Well, you also, as long as we're going into this, I, I hope, uh, um, I trust, if you worked with Joe, you've got a good sense of humor. Uh, I, I, for a long time, was sort of weirdly obsessed with milk money. Um, oh yeah, I had
1: very
2: just... little
0: to do with that. Very I was <laughs> no, I was a...
2: actually supposed to direct that, and
1: I
0: oh, no, I,
2: I you were not. I demurred. Yes. I demurred. What it. was
0: that? A hot script for those who don't know, yes. Milk Money stars Ed script. Harris uh, and and Melanie Griffith, and Ed Harris is a father who I don't even remember how he gets there, but he ends up having a uh, I guess the term these days no, is sex worker um, living in the treehouse behind his house, and I just remember there's a scene in it where they're having a conversation and it's actually kind of clever, but it's just so insane where he thinks they're talking about math and she thinks they're talking about sex. And he keeps saying things like, well, you know, if, if you don't use it all the time, you forget how to do it. And she's like, Oh, it's pretty simple. And it goes on forever, (laughs) but it's about a prostitute living in a tree house behind a guy's house. Oh, well, now right. I got. And
1: you know, didn't Frank I think Frank Marshall and Kathy Kennedy actually produced it and and I had my name on it, Definitely Frank
0: Marshall's all over that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess we had developed the script uh, and then kind of just let it go. and but I still, you know, had some kind of ownership rights. So I got my name on it, I guess.
0: And Joe, mm-hmm. you would have would you have uh, uh, I can't even I can't even imagine the Joe Tante version of that. Uh, well, there, there,
2: there was actually going to be one. I mean, it, I, I was interested in it. And then for various reasons, which escaped me, uh, it just started to get further and further away from anything that I thought I
1: could make work.
0: Um, fascinating. But but uh, there's also, yeah, here we go. Let's see, uh, Rock and Roll High School, The Howling. Right, right. Uh, you did the right. segment of, the, you did the Twilight Zone segment. Right, right, Gremlins, Explorers, Inner Space, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, The New Batch um and uh small soldiers and, right yeah. and and matinee um i mean so many holy cows so uh what was it like working with uh, the tyrannical um unreasonable oh, just, gentlemen just, we're just, both looking at
1: just uh <laughs> torturous it was just, um well the good thing you know one of the good one of the good things was we were, so we were both from the school of the school of corpsmen they always used right. to say you know the it's not a Rembrandt, but it's school of Rembrandt. Well, we were school yeah. of Corman and, and um, so, you know, it was both totally ingrained in not only the producer, but the director that you couldn't go over schedule. You know, you could, and if something would go wrong, uh, Joe would always figure out a way to pull plan B out of his, out of his hat and uh, uh, pivot and do, you know, make something else work. So uh, it was in, from, you know, his. It was very easy from that standpoint. I, I, uh, I, I never had to, uh, you know, say, you know, uh, I mean, we never I don't think we ever went more than maybe a day over schedule on anything that I can recall, if, if that. Uh, so. Mostly, mostly Mike was running interference for
2: me because I didn't want to have to deal with the suits. And so that's he would handle as many of those things as he could before it got to me. And then eventually sometimes it would get to me and I would get all this often. Be, be <laughs> right. But um, but no, that, I mean that's you have to have somebody on your side, and, yeah. and, and if, you, if it's if it's a producer who knows what he's doing, it makes the job a lot easier.
1: Actually, and interestingly, toward the end of you know, by the time we were making like matinee, I think the studio was, oh, in this case, it was Universal, and we had, uh, I guess, God, did we got did we do anything before that? Oh yeah, we did the Burbs for them. And they were so confident that they didn't. They really didn't pay any attention at all. They figured, oh, oh nice. these guys know what they're doing. We don't have to breathe down their neck.
2: And, and they didn't we were bother us at all. And we were, and in, we were in Florida. We were, so We were in Florida, we weren't Florida, a lot, which is which
1: always... was good. And so, I mean, <laughs> the, I don't think I ever heard from them why we were shooting that I can recall.
2: You know, awesome. no, we didn't. The only thing we did is we ran the picture for the for the president of the company and he <laughs> said it's not bad, but how am I going to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <right. laughs> i love i love how they think about that after
1: yeah yeah, yeah right.
0: you know crazy stuff uh well mike no it's it's a blast having you in and uh we you guys and we're gonna we're gonna segue into this but um it's impossible to spend any time around joe i'm sure even when you're just working nonstop and not start talking about movies um yeah. did you guys intersect where there were there areas where the two of you just like your cinematic well, passions just yeah clicked, well yeah or... you
1: know monster monster movies certainly yep. you
0: know definitely and
1: um and and actually joe introduced me to some some things that i was completely unaware of uh and i was you know pretty much of a film fanatic and but of course you know when i yeah, grew he'll, up he'll do every, that <laughs> every, well everything was on tv you know when i grew right. up i mean that's how you saw and i lived in this little town um newtown connecticut um And uh, there were, you know, every, so all the movies that I saw were on TV and there are certain movies that they just didn't run on TV. And um, one, in fact, I had never, and this is even after I went to NYU film school and I I was in New York and there was revival houses and I could see everything. I had never heard of uh, Michael Powell and Emmett Pressburger. I didn't even know about these guys. And, and Joe, ran i think stairway to heaven you know matter of life and death and i was like how could i have not known about these guys i mean this this is the most incredible stuff i've ever seen in my life i mean these guys are geniuses you know and and they're not in the they're not in the sarah's book which was you know my kind of you know the american cinema which is my was my bible growing up to learn about directors and uh and uh it was amazing and then i you know i became you know a huge fan of theirs
2: well, that's because I had I had sixteen prints of, of things, right. and and so my friends John Davison and I and would get together with Mike and other people, and we would run um, prints because this was pre-video, so it, this is the only way you could see a movie if it was uh, unless we waited for it on TV, and so we happened to have a lot of prints of pictures that were pretty hard to see, and so we got to introduce a lot of our friends to movies that then later they became some of their favorite movies.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering, though, you you said that. It's something I don't think we, we've certainly never discussed in the show. Um, and and I, I used to wonder about, because I do feel like, I can't remember my first Michael Powell film, but I know it was later than a lot of things. Like, I knew about Hitchcock before I'd ever seen a Hitchcock film. You know, I knew sure. about... Because he was on know, TV. Yeah, you knew yeah. about Wells, yeah, yeah. but you knew about sort of the giants. But yeah, Michael right. Powell was one of those ones where I feel like there was this sort of moment where I was like, oh, there's this director out there who's on par with all these giants. and somehow. Like the movies didn't show on TV as much. No, they
1: no, they never showed on T V. Yeah. I mean,
0: and I mean I mean the most famous the was shoes. the Red
1: Shoes. That was yeah. the most famous, but but um even that was, you know, hard to see in those days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I is there a reason for that, Joe? Is there some kind of TV thing going on? I don't did? know if it was connected to the, uh, the the the
2: imploding of his career when peeping Tom I was, was
0: gonna, gonna say, or was it peeping Tom? Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I mean it, it that certainly didn't help his reputation and Europe, but I'm not. I'm not sure in America. By the time Peeping Tom came out, that there really was much of a reputation in America for yeah. him.
0: Yeah, it's so odd. It's so well. I mean, some of the films certainly. I mean, um, Colonel Blimp. I, mean, I
1: mean, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. I mean, that is like you can't get much better than that. So that's that's I'm not
0: concerned. that's not a movie that like if you're a you know 13 year old American kid, you're not really that's, that's into. It's, uh, it's no, very, I, I came very, to that very... one a little later. This time, like, <clears> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I need I need to go back to it because my immediate reaction is, is remembering the uh, came out on Criterion. I thought, let me try this out and being bored senseless, but you know, I was a younger oh, no, man. I know I have to go back.
1: It's pretty
2: good. Anything oh, with
1: Roger Livesey is good. Yeah, yeah Roger oh, Livesey oh, yeah, and and remember. and Deborah Carr in in multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. playing yes. his wives through the through the years, different wives. Yeah.
0: Um, well, let's let's get into it then, man. Let's talk about some of the movies that uh, God help me made you. Uh, along your way like do you want to want to sort of well go the first <laughs>
1: movie that i ever saw uh, was bambi because my mother uh. my i was i god knows i was a toddler i'm sure i mean i mean and but and and it was in a theater and the the forest fire <laughs> scene came up and i absolutely freaked out and and my mother had to haul me screaming from the theater uh, uh it just i completely i couldn't take it so i guess that's the first time i i i realized the the power of cinema <laughs> it scared the shit out of sure. me yeah. uh, um and then there was well there there was this i grew up in i initially i grew up in in fairfield connecticut through uh, like third grade and um, <clears throat> so you know is was, everything was on tv and uh, there was this uh, show on uh, WOR Channel Nine called Million Dollar Movie, and they would run the same movie like multiple times right. a day for a week. And that's where I saw King Kong and Godzilla, and that mm-hmm. that was like a revelation. And in fact, um, my mother told me later that I, I used to watch these movies over and over again, and every time, you know, when 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 King Kong fell off the building or when Godzilla died at the end, I would cry. I would cry for the monsters <laughs> <laughs> dying, which says a lot about where I went from there, obviously. Um, and, but then as I got slightly older, there was, a, there was a, an actual movie theater that was really with, within walking distance of our house called the, the Black Rock Theater in Fairfield, Connecticut. And <clears throat> I, I, I saw a movie there that, that just scared the shit out of me. And I I never quite knew what it was. I remembered certain scenes from it, and then later, then I think then I went to California, and Joe is running Plan Nine from Outer Space, which of course is you know considered like you know the worst movie ever made. And I realized. Then the, that was the movie that I remembered that I had seen in the theater when I was a kid, thought was like really scary. And, like, <laughs> as, as, you know, and now I'm watching this thing and saying, oh my God, what, you know. And, and the other one I saw in the theater that scared the hell out of me was um, The First Man Into Space, uh, which was, was that, was that an English? Yeah,
2: that was an English movie that was masquerading. Yeah, it
1: was masquerading, masquerading as an American. As an American. They put, right, they put Marshall Thompson, you know, the American actor in, in the lead. And for, I don't know why that's scary I had nightmares from that movie it's a, you know it's about an astronaut that goes up and he gets exposed to cosmic rays, which cause this this sort of uh, his skin turns into like uh rock. Fungus. yeah, yeah, and he comes down and and he kills people by swat swatting at them with his arm and scratching you know you know, killing them with his arm but this and for some reason i don't know why that scared me but it did anyway
0: well, yeah, but you were um, you were a little kid i mean
1: that's, yeah yeah exactly
0: that's you sort know, of the I sad thing about going back to some things and finding out yeah
1: exactly and finding out there no mirrors
0: what was i remember in um uh like second or third grade our, our school used to every now and then for whatever reason they would bring in a projector you know and show us a movie and um I remember they showed us, for some reason, Doctor Who and the Daleks, the one with mm-hmm, Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just my mind just exploding at this incredible science fiction thriller with these incredible characters and the incredible aliens and all the rest of this. And you go back years later. I mean, you, are you familiar with the film, Joe? You or, You must be.
2: Were you familiar <laughs> with it? Did you know about the Daleks before that?
0: No, no, no. no I didn't TV know. But thing. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the feature film where the, uh, the the robots were great, but it was the I think it's the planet of uh, the, the aliens they were saving uh, who are all, you look now, running around in these um, purple, shiny jumpsuits uh, all of them wearing gobs of mascara with ridiculous blonde wigs. And I just I mean, every word I would use to describe them would get me canceled right now, but <laughs> it, it's just, you're looking at it, it's the silliest fucking movie ever made and, you know, Second grade or whatever, you're like, oh wow, this <laughs> yeah. is the coolest thing ever. But I cannot imagine the 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 schism between being well, terrified I, I, of plan nine from outer space and then seeing that as a and then seeing it and
1: realizing how <laughs> terrible it was. Um would which, I remember the, the, the thing that that I remember was uh at some point um uh is it, is, I guess, is, is it Bela Lugosi? He, he like he turns into a skeleton or something? No, it's, something it's, like... it's
2: Ed Woods, Uh, uh who, Oh, that's, who, that's right. Playing, oh, that's right. Bela Lugosi, who, who is dead. Right. Uh, and then a flying saucer, which is a, a light uh, that comes and knocks everybody down. And then this guy had a cape. Falls down and they they pull the cape off and it's a skeleton underneath. Whoa. And that was the scene. You always told me it was the scariest scene.
1: For some reason, people getting turned into skeletons was always a real scary thing. The other one was was the teenagers from outer space, right? Where where they they come down, they the blast was it was it, it was on the poster something about blasting the flesh off humans or something. Right. They so uh. they, had, they had ray guns and it would just of course it would just cut away and then cut back. <laughs> it's a skeleton would collapse, but you know it's ridiculous. But I thought it was really scary then. Um, and then I saw, you know, I saw like the man with the X-ray eyes and Attack of the Crab Monsters on, on TV, and n- never realizing that I would someday launch my career with the man that made those movies. But of course, oh, I wow, thought they yeah. were really scary and really great. You know, his <laughs> four-day wonders that he, you know from the from the fifties that get made.
0: I mean, Man with the X-ray Eyes is actually pretty good.
1: Oh, and that's a good. Well, that's
0: actually yeah. a good movie. Yeah, that is
1: yeah.
2: actually a good
0: movie. Um, I, I have no recollection of Crab Monsters. Well,
2: Crab Monsters has a lot of charm. Uh, yeah, because it's, it it it, it's it's Chuck Griffith, and the whole idea is that the Crab Monsters absorb the brains of the people they eat, and they speak in their in their voices. And stuff. It's, <laughs> it's it's very clever, and it's you know made for a dollar ninety eight. But oh yeah, uh, but it's it, 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 the way that he manages to use the least amount of uh, output and, and turned it into something you could sell it was pretty, pretty cool. And the trailer
1: is very good. And, um, and then, you know, as I got older, as it got, you know, into my, my tweens, I started to realize that actually these somebody had to make these things. I mean, it just didn't happen. There was actually people that did this. And so I became fascinated with who those people were. And, and I got, you know, the American cinema by Andrew Sarris, which of course was the, the American, you know, uh, version of the, the, the uh, auteur theory, which had, right. you know, started with a French. And, and uh, of course, I, once later in life, as I became a producer, I realized that that was total nonsense, the auteur you. theory. <laughs> 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 but um, I, and then I, for some reason, I fixated on Don Siegel, um, and I, I mean, I remember seeing Madigan and thinking, and, and actually for, for the first time watching a movie um, and and actually analyzing it about how it was shot and how it was staged and edited and everything. And and so, I, and, and I realized that this is a guy that just worked within the studio system, uh, but was a, really an artist. And, um, and that was kind of, and then I started making like little Super 8 movies that kind of aped his style with like people running around shooting each other with guns and everything. And I tried to, you know, Matt do the editing like he did it and, and everything. And it was it that was really the first time I started to actually decide that maybe I wanted to do this. And that there was, you know, again, there there was actually people that actually made these things. Right. Um, so that was uh, that was kind
0: of where where really are you I mean are you were you was it, was it a movie, was that a movie you loved or was it just... Oh no, it was of, a movie
1: I loved and I actually yeah. I ran it again because it just came out finally and I'd been waiting for yes, years right. for it to come out on Blu-ray and it finally, because the DVDs were terrible and it finally came out on Blu-ray and I, I, I watched it again and it really holds up I and mean, it's a really terrific... Uh, I, I don't... policier, normally, as the French would say.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't normally do this. And Joe, are you, you a big fan of Madigan? Yeah, I think Madigan's great. Um, which oh by the way shall we should we shall we do it organically? That is a great uh, opportunity. to mention. Oh, I, I you know where you could find that. I know exactly yeah. where you can find it, Joe. It's at Movies <laughs> Unlimited, our sponsors since 1963. Who um, oh, oh oh right. right. You know, we're, we're, we're huge fans of physical media here, Michael. Yes, me too. Are you. I just because you I just like expect it,
2: You can't expect it to be in the cloud forever. I just got a.
0: I just got a
1: package,
2: you know. Oh, there you
0: go. Yeah, it's (laughs) only a bunch of Blu-rays. But um, yeah, no, Movies Unlimited are great. They're our sponsors. They're big fans of the show. They support us. They, every week um, you listen, you can click on the Trailers from Hell website and it will take you to their site. And there will be a list of all the movies we mentioned with links to where you can get them. If it exists, they've got it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we talk about movies that don't exist, so they don't have those. Um, And what's the deal, Joe? Shipping is, if you buy more than $50.
3: So turn to the nerds to answer your real world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So here's my question. <laughs> I love Don Siegel. I, I love Richard Woodmark. I love Henry Fonda. I'm sure who wrote it. It's probably some writer. I absolutely love Oh, I think
1: did Dan, somebody like Daniel Teredash or somebody like that. I'm sure somebody great. And somehow yeah.
0: what, what, what? If either of you could just for a minute tell me, what it just leaves me cold every time. What is wrong with me? Why don't I love Madigan the way I love so many other Don Siegel?
1: Movies? I I don't know. It's it's it's. I mean, it's a very realistic
0: uh, view
1: of you know policing, and 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 the great thing is is that it's you know it, it cuts back and forth between the, the guys on the street, which is which is you right. know Widmark and and um, uh, Harry Harry Guardino, and and the commissioner, which is Henry Fonda, and his having an affair, you know, and everything in his, and which is kind of soap opera-ish, you know, but, but I just, I don't know. I just think it's very, very well written and, uh, and directed, obviously, and acted.
2: I think you might, you might consider it a little cold uh, compared to like Charlie Barrick or something Yes, like that. that's true. You know, that's true. Or any,
0: that's yeah. no, probably or the lineup or Dirty Harry. There's oh, the lineup. Yeah, the lineup of, yeah. is
1: great.
2: Yeah, the there's always there's Eli always Wallach.
0: A, oh my
1: God, he's so great, great performances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, that that may be it. There's always something. There's always kind of a. a I don't want to say there's not not over the top, but, but... well,
2: you know, Seagal isn't the the warmest director. No, uh, you know, no. I mean, the, the Beguiled is like you know pretty pretty dark. The Beguiled, you know, not the new one, but the old right. Um and, and dirty Harry
0: you know, and it's, it's, it's but it's
2: but it's it's remarkable how, how how many good movies he was able to make in the system. You yeah. know, I mean, Rotten and Block Eleven was made because yeah. Walter Wanger was in prison and he wanted to make a prison picture, and so they went to a real prison and they used real prisoners. And even Leo Gordon was like a a, a convict, I think. You know, and he was the star of the movie. Uh, and Neville Brand was, I guess, a war hero. Um but yeah, that I'm whole period, sure. that whole that whole 50s period of
0: uh well in all of, I love was the was killers done. too. I have come to love the killer. Well, the killer or oh, the yeah. killers, yeah. Ronald yeah. Reagan's last movie. Yeah, yeah. So, and one
1: of his few the villain. performances. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Um why uh, didn't the Democrats use use the clip of him slapping Angie Dickinson in their and their, <laughs>
0: <in> their <laughs> <killing that>? exactly? <laughs> they would now. Exactly um yeah i don't know i madigan's one of those movies i need to go back to because it's just like i I know i know it works i know it's doing well now you
2: can go to movies unlimited and get your own copy that's That's correct that's
1: exactly (laughs) right and and,
2: and revisit it
1: and see um so the the, actually and then after i was in like in fourth grade i think we moved to, to newtown connecticut the now unfortunately famous newtown connecticut i actually went to sandy Hook elementary school um and uh they the they had uh in the town hall and this they still this is still the case the town hall the Town hall as, as a theater and they would you know they would that's they would run movies and they would get you know they would get first release movies you know like a couple of months after they were you know came out in the big cities and everything but that's where i saw a lot of a lot of movies and i saw bullet there which i i also mm-hmm. was a movie that just really grabbed me for some reason and, and uh but the interesting thing is that they did this thing where um for a while when I was in high school is like I think like on a Tuesday night, they would run foreign films. Um and I remember going and I had ne- you know and I had never seen a really I had never seen a foreign film because they don't run, they didn't run them on TV. So um I went to see Closely Watched Trains by Dr- Jerry Menzel, which is, I think is a Polish uh Polish director, and um it was a kind of a revelation because it was, you know, I know it, and the subtitles didn't bother me at all. Um, and actually, interestingly, the only people in the theater were me and the actor Alexander Scorby and his wife because he lived in town and uh, <laughs> he was in. I think he was in um, the Fitzlingo, uh, 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 big the big heat, wasn't he? he was right, the villain in yeah. the big heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just I thought, oh, this is a whole other world of movies, you know, from international mm. cinema which i had never been exposed to so that was kind of a rebel rub, i mean it's not a great movie but it's a nice little movie but it was the first foreign film that i ever seen mm.
0: and that was that was on its first release correct yeah yeah Over here. yeah
1: wow. yeah that was you know 60 i don't know 60 mid 60 something like that um and then when i was when i was 15 years old um i saw that 2001 a space odyssey was coming out and of course it was not going to be anywhere near where we lived in this little town in Connecticut. Um, but, you know, it was a road, you know, with, they had, in those days, for those of you who, you know, who are a little slightly uh, younger than we are a road show attraction, which is they just released these big movies in, in theaters, in the best theaters in the big cities. And that was it. And then they would finally come to the smaller th- towns and smaller theaters. But, So I made my parents take me to New York, which is like 80 miles away. And my, you know, my, my father, we're going to drive 80 miles to see a movie. (laughs) I said, if you don't take me to see this movie in New York, I'll never, you know, I'll never speak to you again, basically. Um, And my father was not a movie fan. He was, he was a a sports fan. He had no use for movies until later. I finally kind of got him into it, but. He, his the, the reason he rationalized it was he said well in movies you know they've already figured out what the ending is with sports you never know how it's going to end <laughs> somehow i didn't agree with that logic even at the age of 15 but anyway so we went to see this and in the cinerama theater in new york and i had never been in a theater like this i mean the screen was you know huge curved screen and you know, it starts in the Zarathustra, you know, and then, the, you know, the dawn of man. And I was absolutely transported. And at the end of it, I, I had bought a, um, a, 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 you know, they had these souvenir booklets, uh, which I still have. It, it's probably mm-hmm. worth something. It's oh, like, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but I would never sell it. Um, uh, and uh, as we're walking out of the theater, these, these kids, like, you know, kids from like New Jer- Jersey or something come up to me he goes does that thing tell you what the hell it was all about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh i couldn't explain what it was about but i loved it anyway so that was uh, yeah that was yeah, that and then, had
0: to of be, course, god i mean just just and i mean joe you of course saw it first yeah. yeah i mean uh, i feel like there are so few things in the world like what seeing 2001 in a theater time, yeah. for the first time yeah. must have been i mean it just, just mind-boggling, right? You... Yeah,
1: and then I got the book. You know, there was a book that came out, you know, about the making of it, and you know, I, right. I had to yep. see how they did everything. I they did the weightlessness stuff and everything, and you know, and of course just, the, the you novel,
2: know. and and there was also Arthur, yeah. Arthur C. Clarke's novelization, which yeah does explain in some detail exactly oh, yeah. what, what it's it going on at the end of the movie, right? Um, but so uh, so that's a, that's a movie that just hits you viscerally. It's not like you're supposed to really be able to figure it out on first blush i mean it it stays with you
1: yeah yeah like so many of his movies i mean, and the, the the new book about the making of it that came out a couple of years ago is really terrific it's really good it's really, yeah. Yeah. yeah space odyssey it's called
0: yeah 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 i just i mean i think the closest uh, i mean joe you're david Lynch fan, michael are you a david lynch fan at all or um i'm not a huge david
1: lynch depends fan. on the movie i, I mean i've liked some of his movies but but i'm not a giant david lynch fan let's let's say
0: because i just I, I i think i mean i said at the time there's a, I think the eighth episode of the third season of twin peaks
2: well that is uh, that I is remember, transcendental
0: i just remember feeling like this is probably as close as anyone of my generation is ever going to get to seeing 2001 in the theater for the first time it <laughs> yeah. was just yeah. Mind- mind-blowing, mind-blowing yeah. just incredible and Maybe so happy that he can got away with that in uh, you know the twenty first century when they don't give anybody money to do anything daring. Uh, but but yeah, I've always envied that two thousand and one experience too. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I've seen it and you know had a great reaction. But damn, that walking in cold, thinking you're getting. I mean, what were you guys expecting?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. You know, I don't even remember. You know, in the days before the internet, you know, I'm not even sure how I knew about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, how I guess there we was probably TV spots and stuff, right. but, but I, I, I just knew that it was this, I mean, I had loved, you know, I had loved science fiction movies and I realized that this was like a really big, expensive science fiction movie, which they weren't making, you know, nobody was was doing then right. you know, and, and to, and just to see it in this, on this huge screen in the theater and it just, you know, just knocked my socks off, you know, and the. You know,
2: did,
0: did you, were you any more aware? I mean, we were, were you just like,
2: well, I was, I was plugged in pretty much to what was going on. Cause I was, uh, you know, I was in, I was in, uh, in Philadelphia. I was reading the trade magazines and uh, right. writing for a trade magazine. Right. Uh, and so I was, I, and I was obviously aware of, of I'd seen right. you know, a number of those of pictures and this was in the era when um, Genres that were looked down on, like science fiction and horror films, were being ennobled somewhat whenever somebody like Otto Preminger would say, "I'm going to do a horror picture," or Kubrick does a horror picture, or then all of a sudden it's, it started with Psycho, really. But but when when somebody of note comes in and does something, you know, uh, unexpected with something that people tend to look down on, elevating the genre.
0: Yeah, I exactly.
2: Say. Which is which, as you know, is has is, is, is become quite a
0: trope these days. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I also want to go back, uh, Mike, cause you sort of, you mentioned it in the sort of with past. I know it's not quite, you know, the revelation that 2001 was, but, <laughs> uh, uh, do, can you, can you channel what it was like to walk into a movie theater and see Bullet for the first time? I, I,
1: I, yeah, I mean, it was well, first of all, the, the title sequence is so great. I think Pablo Farrow did like, with the sliding you know and the and the Lalo Schalin score right. and everything you know, and then of you know Steve McQueen is like you know I mean my god the, at the absolute height of his you know superstardom and the car chase you know, and uh all I mean just the whole thing just was just i, mean, I thought incredible and then so I recall the theater I mean the theater was packed in this little town, I mean it was like this was a movie everybody wanted to see um and uh it was just but i i don't think i was even with friends i think i was just by myself and you know and then i immediately went out and bought the soundtrack album (laughs) yeah yeah and would play it you know in my room and try to to try to relive the experience you know right um
0: that's why i thought you were gonna say i immediately hopped into a car and stepped on the gate
1: that would be the right 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 um
0: have you seen the uh i I know joe has we've talked about the show have you have you watched the um the the Godfather miniseries, the the outfit? Yes. The, outfit, the
1: offer. The the offer, yes. Yes. I tell you from now on, when everybody when anybody, which they often do, asks says to me, Well, what does a producer do? Yes. I say, watch the offer. Yes. Just watch the offer. <laughs> now now obviously I didn't have to deal with, you know, the the mob. Like, you know, uh you know, although I think I think probably uh Al probably exaggerated that slightly <laughs> perhaps well
0: the but, reason, i don't um, want to call it a lie I, I quite enjoy the show i was saying to joe the, the one thing that made me crazy is uh what is it joey joey gallo died. the joey gallo thing he died yeah. a year yeah. or three months after the Godfather yeah, yeah, came yeah, out the joey
1: they, the joey gallo thing was, yeah, was, was definitely uh off but uh
0: but what gonna, a producer does yeah and matthew good is
1: as bob evans well mike and i with. mike and i
2: worked with bob evans and
1: i mean is that, that was one of the one of the keynote experiences in our in our career oh yes definitely <laughs> what did you work unfortunately about? we didn't get to make the movie well, well the maybe, movie never got made but what was
2: the, it well it was the phantom
1: the phantom oh, it got made by other people and it was terrible no. but uh but uh yeah he was the erstwhile producer and oh, uh and, and we, they got and so, the, they got
2: the details in this thing so correct i mean his office is absolutely yes exactly the way it was
1: Exactly, uh, and, and, and 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 the way they really do his home life him. is
2: exactly the way it was because his exactly you know, the
1: house and he had and this house. It
2: was a round house with a pool, and then a great screening room, and he would, and and um, and it was it was it was he was
1: exasperating,
2: but it, it was really fun to be
1: around him. Yeah, yeah, because he, I, I think, mean, he just yeah. he, he had and, the, and one of the re- really s- weirdest things was, um, you know, he had been um, I guess indicted for. Something on the Cotton Club. I can't remember exactly what the crime was, but 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 his his sentence was um, was a public service and was to make a documentary about Pope John Paul. <laughs> To Pope Trump, all the second, so he became or, or, or I, his holiness, as he used to, be. yeah. He, he called him his holy. he referred to him <laughs> as his holiness all the time. That's what he called him. Oh, his holiness, and I, you know. And and I'm we walk in his office, there's a picture of Bob and the Pope, and I'm going, How did they let these two guys get, <laughs> even get together? I mean, who you know, and it was like so surreal, it was hilarious. It was That's, he was great, and and then he was, you know, and then you know, we were. He, the, the one thing that he was really wanted always wanted to discuss was casting, and so we were looking for the Phantom within. and see who would bring in people like Mickey Rourke who were complete. And we would have to meet with Mickey Rourke; who was completely wrong, you know? and, But it was fun. It was he
2: was, he was really, Phantom, and we got there, we
3: went to his yeah, house.
2: And at one point, and at one point, he said, uh, "You know what, a Phantom could be a woman. I'll get Sharon. I'll call Sharon.
3: I'll
1: call Sharon." And yeah, he's, right. on the, he's on the phone. He's calling Sharon's phone tell her he, she
2: should play the Phantom
0: i don't mean i mean that that is actually i mean because the thing is the phantom is always the son of the previous phantom and i always wonder right. what happens if he has daughters why couldn't he be
1: well daughter? the other great thing well the other great thing was yeah because this the the father was character in the movie so we so we had lunch with roger moore um oh, to, wow. it, we got we we had a whole lot of great people for that We met yeah. rod steiger oh, rod oh, steiger which and, fun. yeah yeah and roger moore and uh we yeah we know we had lunch Patrick in the, in, but we we had lunch with uh, with Roger Moore and the in uh, the in the, and the uh, Paramount commissary you know everybody was like oh my god you know it's it's great yeah
0: that, yeah that is definitely an upside sometimes
2: and hanging around Bob's house you know uh, one time I'm I'm looking for the bathroom and I open this closet and there's no. this oh, no. Oh, no board in the, of Polaroids so no. all stuck to a board and they're all Close-ups of women's privates. <laughs> yeah. Just a whole bunch of candid shots of women's privates, and uh, I
1: closed the door. And I wonder if, if David, if David, if they cleaned out all that stuff before David Zasloff bought the house. <laughs> yeah, you know, the head of the new head of Warner Brothers.
0: <laughs> Imagine finding that when you buy the new house. Did you know that he bought the house? He he's, he bought Bob's house. David. I mean, there should be a
2: there should be a plaque. It should be a historical yeah. monument.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm sure he's completely redoing it, but.
0: Uh, yeah. But no, Matthew Good is unbelievable on that show. Oh yeah, incredible. I, I want more. I want more of that. There should be a series. Like he plays. Bobby yeah,
1: exactly. Evans. it just yeah. But it should Bobby. be a private eye.
0: Well, that was my. Hey, that's my <laughs> yeah. idea. God damn it! I wanted to yes play. He plays a. Do you remember they they did this with Baywatch? I don't know if you know this. Uh, it was such a hit show. They did a spinoff called Baywatch Nights, where David Hasselhoff's character at night is a private eye. And he goes around <laughs> LA solving crime and it did really poorly. And then the second season, they tried to punch it up. And now it's all supernatural. So it's, he's fighting werewolves and nobody watched. Cause of course nobody watches Baywatch for no offense. David Hasselhoff wearing a suit. They're looking for like, <laughs> right. but I always love the idea that he went off and worked at the beach all day and never mentioned that he had spent the previous night fighting werewolves. Must be very <laughs> But imagine the Bob Evans show where in between <laughs> yes. producing movies and running the studio, He's also solving crimes yeah. in the 70s in Hollywood.
1: I think you should run with
0: it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at a world class producer and director here. I don't see what the problem is. Let's well, we can't
2: do it without Matthew Good. But... Oh that's no, you right. have to get Matthew Good. <laughs> that's yes. right, that's yes. right,
0: Exactly. Uh, and exactly. exactly. Matthew, if you listen to the show, uh, call, call us. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> um let's let's know. Sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> That was, a hell of a tangent. I apologize. that was a tangent, definitely. We, we digress, yeah. But uh let's 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 uh let's hear some more of these. Well, you know, actually um He's only 15,
1: think... so this could go
2: on.
0: <laughs> that, that's
1: right. Well, no, in terms of the movies that the movies that made me that really had like you know the real impact, I think you know, kind of that was it. You know, those are the last ones. I mean, after that, there was I mean, obviously there's a of great movies. Um, but you know, *In the of Arabia and you know uh, my, one of my favorite genres, actually, and I again at the town hall in Newtown, they used to run these. Is the, is '60s era World World War II movies, usually produced by the Mirisch brothers, I think. <laughs> you know, like, and I love those movies. The Great Escape, which I guess it wasn't produced by the Mirisch's, but Great Escape and movies like that. Um, and but you uh, used to be big on biblical
2: films too. I remember.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I the I I this friend of mine, um, his father. Uh, was a professor at NYU, and and he had a, a uh, he went on a sabbatical to Belgium, and uh, we went to I went to visit him. They said come over for a week, so I went to to Brussels, and we went to this huge, incre- it was the most beautiful theater that I had ever seen. Again, a giant screen, and saw um, Ben Hur, which I had never seen uh, on on the big screen. Uh, and that was pretty much a mind blower too, uh, and uh, it with with French and Flemish subtitles, <laughs> wow. uh, and you know the chariot race, and I mean it, that was that was another
0: another kind of watershed moment. I think. But uh, still, I
1: was still in high school, so you
0: know. Right. <laughs> well, no, you had you had mentioned earlier. I don't want, I don't mean to, to 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 lead the witness, but uh, <laughs> there are a couple you brought up that uh, you didn't. Uh, your one was horror of Dracula.
1: Well, 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 here's the thing about Horror of Dracula. Um, I actually didn't never didn't see the whole movie until much later. What I did was I got a cast cut, you know, it was a cut down. You know, they did they did these things where these companies would 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 take these movies and they would cut them down into like fifty ten 10 or 15 minute 16 millimeter oh versions. yeah like
0: the super 8 and 16 ones yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah Yep. and and so i got the horror of dracula in 16 millimeter in my little you know bell and howell projector and and the the soundtrack was was on a, a this flimsy um a cheap uh record you know it wasn't even vinyl it was just like this floppy plastic thing and you had to, you know, put it on your record player up. and sync it up, and it would oh, wow. immediately the sync it would go out would of sync. Go right like, off, <laughs> right <laughs> <up>. and, <laughs> and you'd have to like stop the record it. and oh and God. and then and of course, you know, and then imagine then you know, like much years later, working with Christopher Lee <laughs> and telling him about this and saying, "Well, I I got to tell you that the way <laughs> I saw it, the horror of Dracula it was." Uh, but then when I actually saw the whole movie, it was like, oh my god, this is really good. Yeah. And I love—I mean, I loved all the
0: heart, the Hammer Hard movies, also. I mean, those yeah, I remember all- that. I remember yeah. I used to look at the uh, I had the um, um, oh god, what was it? Black Hawk, uh, get the Black Hawk catalog, and I, right? I, right, right. I, I well, would they get were, they
2: were particularly good for silent movies. As I was gonna say, I would and, get like, like silent
0: shorts. I remember I had like Buster Keaton's yeah. Cops and Charlie Chapman's Easy Streets, which I melted. It's like. So many yeah, times I had, had space, I
1: had in the the silent comedies. Who's the guy with the cross, the crossed eyes? Ben Turban. Ben Tur. Yeah. I had these Ben Turban movies, and <laughs> for some yeah. reason I don't know why, but I think I got sick of of trying to sync up the soundtrack, so I I, I decided <laughs> to just get silent.
0: Movies. Right. But I, I always looked at. it. I was always tempted. You know, I didn't have, I'd save up for like nine months to, you know, buy Easy Street or something. But I was always tempted by the catalog. Yeah, they would have those cutdowns of features. Yeah. And, yeah. Honestly, it's one of the, I, I love watching. They're starting to put them on Blu rays now. Um, some movies they'll have like the, the 16 or Super 8 cut down of the thing on it. And it's Castle Films
2: was the major supplier of stuff. And right. they, they, they were owned by Universal. And they had all these cut downs of, you know, Alvin Costello movies and, you know, horror movies. And, uh, but the cartoons, the Woody Woodbeckers, were, were the whole cartoon, you know. So you really felt like right. you were actually collecting something.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was why I stayed away. i Thought I didn't have enough money to be buying the cutdowns. I wanted the real thing. But imagine being rich enough to buy all those, you know, twelve-minute truncated movies. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see them years later. It's like, eh, I, it's. I, I'm, I, sure the, I I I'm sure the. I'm sure the cutdown
2: of Plan 9 Matter Space includes this this famous scene that we just. <laughs> Probably, oh, it would have <laughs> to yeah. with, with uh,
1: <laughs> Edwards Dennis. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there, there were, there were two others that you also did not, uh, you didn't, you didn't go into King Kong, which I wanted to.
1: Well, well, King Kong, I saw on TV and, and again, oh, that, okay. that yep. was, you know, well, sure.
0: um, uh, you know, that
1: again, you know, I, I, I cried when, when I, I, I see, I, say I cried, cried when yes. Kong died. I, it wasn't that didn't, didn't, uh, Kong die. <laughs> well,
0: he said nobody died. Nobody cried when.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I was a little kid and I really was very sad when he fell off the entire state building.
0: I'm always trying to recapture that feeling of like, I remember sort of seeing stuff like that when I was really little. I just was so mesmerized by it. I think. Oh, I,
1: and, and the other, and of course the hair house, the hairy house. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing a, a TV spot for um, like, you know, seventh voyage of Sinbad or something and saying, this has got to be the greatest movie of all time, you know? And, and I don't think I was a, I think, I, I think maybe my parents thought I was too young to see it or something. I never saw it until years later, but, but I remember, I remember actually seeing the TV spot and saying, I got to see
0: that. You know? right, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because you knew they were hard to, you knew there was something, you knew they weren't just pointing a camera at a giant ape or. Right. A, right. You know, right. A living right exactly. skeleton. And, and, but, but there was something about it that just, it, I, I was just entranced by that stuff yeah um, yeah
1: and, and, and that i mean that that boy i tell you the stop motion animation to this day on king kong is, is pretty yeah, amazing yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and I, I still love seeing that stuff and there's still some stuff where you're trying to figure out how they did
1: <laughs> and it. even godzilla uh you know which i saw on tv which of course was a guy in a suit right. um you know and, and not as good but but even that grabbed me you know
0: yeah. and
2: uh, you know when these pictures ran on a million dollar movie they were always cut and uh, the uh, for years I didn't know that King Kong didn't start with the trip to Skull Island. I didn't I didn't realize until oh, many really, years later that the... this whole scene in New York where where, where Robert Armstrong hires right. Bay ray and right, you know, right, right. That, that was always left out <laughs> we just would just start the movie because oh, it was a ninety minute slot and they're right. they com- com- plus they had, commercial.
1: and, and they had commercials commercials. Yeah. I mean I mean just it's inconceivable now. You think you actually just put up with that. Yeah, you we know, you had commercials. Of the I mean, of we movies. we the yeah.
2: movies that we all fell in love with, we had to watch between commercials. Yeah, and very often they were cut, or they were pan and scanned, or they were black and white, of color, or you know. And when you think about how we managed to somehow cut through all that stuff and still have these things make such a big impression on us.
1: Yes. I remember thinking, seeing like these pan and scan movies, and thinking, "God, what a weird camera move the director yeah. is doing." <laughs> I, I, you know, when I first, like, I, you know, I, I didn't until later I realized what what it what it really was because <laughs> it was like this mechanical. Stand. Why don't these
2: two guys stand closer? Because I can only see yeah. one. But, one it, but one it was, was like this other... st- It
1: was and, and they were like these mechanical. It, it you was know, like moves it was like it was like yeah 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 yeah.
0: I remember, yeah, there was something I remember as a kid watching something, first started to realize something was off where it was just a shot of a tree in a distance. And it was obviously two people in the scene sitting nearby, looking at the tree in the distance. All you could see was the tree because they were obviously on each other's side. <laughs> and just the entire dialogue. conversation goes on for like minutes. I'm going, no one would do this. Why well, it would cost you? money to
2: pan and scan. It was much yeah. easier to just run the
0: middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just bonker stuff, but I also, oh, the other thing, yeah.
1: the, the other, the other, uh, transfer, I forgot about to mention this. The other transformative thing was, uh, at the tag and at the town hall, the Envin town hall, where right? had So, so many of my early cinematic experiences, I, I, I got the nerve, they were running the original, obviously Thomas crown affair with, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway and, and Steve McQueen. And I somehow got the nerve to go up into the projection booth. Because oh, wow. I, I, you know, I just sort of went up there. I mean, there was nobody, you know, and said, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm really into movies and I'm in. and he said, Oh, okay. And he let me actually, he let me rewind some of the reels and everything. And I just thought it was so, and he, and he showed me how he, he did because I was in the days, you know, where there was two projectors and the cue marks and he showed me how to, how he did the uh, transition to you know the cue marks, the little dots, and which I had never known what those little dots were up in the corner of the of the screen, right. and that so you know that was a that was a great uh, that was a great learning experience as well. I always wanted to get behind the scenes and to see how things worked yeah. behind the scenes.
0: Did you ever do the thing? I remember when like when we were in school and they would show us those movies on 16 or whatever. We would always at the end, and if we were good, they'd do it for a minute. Beg them to play something backwards.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the greatest thing <laughs> in, my,
2: yeah, in my experience if you managed to actually get through any showing of anything in school that didn't break the film within the first five minutes <laughs> yes. it was amazing
0: <laughs> yeah she's a librarian not a projectionist we pay homage to that
1: whole experience in uh, in gremlins when they they run the uh, the uh, hemo the hemo the magnificent which yes. uh, which 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 I had to, we had to I had to get to to get the rights to that I had to get them directly from Frank Capra, um he, right it was not Frank Capra yeah that? that was a, yeah, yeah in and he also and of course also uh, it's a wonderful life we have clips of a wonderful life which also was in public domain right I mean yeah. pretty much and 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 so I had to get I had to contact him luckily we had done the, uh, the howling at AVCO Embassy and Frank Capra Jr. was one, the, like the head of you know, production there. So I, 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 I said, we gotta, and his, his father you know, was very, very, very old at that point and probably you know, not you know, totally there. And he said, oh yeah, I'm trying to get him to focus on this. I finally, at the last minute, got, managed to get the, uh, get the rights to it, to both of those things. Um, so that's my my only movie
2: with Richard Carlson. In it.
1: <laughs> that, that's, that's right,
2: <laughs> right. Doctor Frank Baxter. Doctor Frank Baxter, who uh, okay. who was um, very believable. Everybody he was, was sort he was of a the,
1: real he was sort of the Bill the Bill <laughs> Nye of the science guy of, of his era, actually. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then when he, then when he when he when he did the introduction to the mole
1: people, everybody sort of said, "Wait a minute,
3: this right. guy isn't a real doctor."
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Like in Madonna when he says, when when when, Manet, when uh Kevin McCarthy uh is pointing to the ant, the giant ant on the movie says, says he says he says, What,
0: what, what he, says, he was a shoe
1: salesman? He says, Would you let that fit you in a pump? And it it, it cuts the he says he says, a real general wouldn't say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. Um and so I, I I'd be remiss if I did not ask uh and i I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but of all the movies you did with joe um do you have a favorite um, that you can say in front of him
1: <laughs> you know i mean uh, you know in a way it's it's matinee kind of, in in a way just because it it has so much um well you know it's about movies <laughs> first of all and and also the i i think that the the that charlie Haas. Uh, who wrote the script did such a great job of of capturing the kids. The, the kids, the dialogue of the kids, is so authentic in that movie. Um, let me let me kill my messages here, so I don't uh, interrupt. Um, it, it's just it just you know it's very realistic that stuff. And uh, and it was fun working with with John Goodman and Kathy Moriarty. And it was and then we were again we were away from the studio, so right. you know you no know, everybody left them, left us alone and um although i i never i never felt the need to return to orlando i have to say but
2: uh, (laughs) no i think now 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 more than ever uh yes yeah (laughs) exactly yeah yeah, exactly Uh, on the uh charlie's going to be coming down uh to um uh the castro theater uh in san francisco on the 16th where we're running a double bill of groundwork and drones too oh Uh, great uh and i haven't seen Probably a long time, but he's gonna yeah. he's gonna help me introduce. Uh,
1: oh great!
0: Oh fantastic. Um Wow. Well, yeah, I'm I'm with you. By the way, I'm a huge fan, as Joe knows, of, of this stuff. But yeah, Matt man, is just uh, just John Goodman walking through the theater. Yes, and and, and and explaining, explaining how, why yes. you love movies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> is just yeah. I, I, uh, the lights go down. yeah, yes. yeah exactly. It's, yeah. it's so good. Um. Well, man. Well, Michael, thank you so much uh for coming on it's been a blast well, thank, thank
1: you today. thank you for having me
0: uh, it's fun for, thank yes you for being for, thank you for <laughs> propping propping up my co-host for all those years because um, <laughs> uh, yes where would we be without without you where would we be where would exactly. we be yes exactly With all <laughs> those
1: wonderful films and, yes,
0: that's right uh, well thank you sir and thank uh, you we'll, we'll be back next week with uh, uh, more more movies unlimited movies Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies That make. Stay safe out there, folks.
3: Hi, I'm Neil, and I'm Ken.